This episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino urban-inspired streetwear. Visit santos-threads.com. Hey, you are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 33. I'm your host, Santos, proud owner of Santos Threads. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. Before we get into it, follow me on social media at uh, Santos Threads Shop uh, Instagram, as well as on the uh, TikTok Santos Threads Shop. And of course, as always, wait, 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 let's do this right. We got to do this right. Hold on. All right. So here we go. And of course, uh, thank you guys. Happy to be with you guys once more. This is episode number 33 of the Santos Says Podcast. Back at you. Episode number 33. Come and take a ride with me. And of course, uh, everybody listening on uh, iHeart, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher. And away we go. And of course, the video format on the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please, guys, hit the like, subscribe. Comment, share with your friends, your grandma, your your sister, your brother, your cuñao, whoever. Share with everybody. Um, on this episode, I will have a special guest, this person who will be joining me. The person who will be joining me on this episode is an entrepreneur, a fellow honor, uh, entrepreneur. As a matter of fact, um, and so this person, I, I've seen her really doing her thing on social media. I've seen her, and I've also... Um, you know, I've had the, the pleasure of getting to see a lot of her merchandise, what she's done, uh, her website. Her name is Valerie. Uh, she goes by the name of Valerie. And of course, she is the owner, part owner of the Milked brand. Now, the Milked brand is a streetwear, streetwear inspired brand dedicated to motherhood, dedicated to the mothers um, out there who come from the inner city, uh, in particular, especially Latina and minority mothers and some of those uh, hardships that come from uh, coming from some of the environments that we all come from. And so I, I felt like I, it was right to really, um, to be honest, to to have somebody like this, an entrepreneur, a Latina. She is a Latina entrepreneur who has a partner and I want her to come on and she's gonna tell her story. So I'm very much looking forward to conversing with her. And it's funny. so. I've always, you know, as, as a person who's an entrepreneur himself, um, I've always gravitated towards really other entrepreneurs and getting to know them and finding out their stories. And so it's very, it's always great to be able to connect with other fellow entrepreneurs who um, may have a similar story to mine or, the, or just knowing their story and, and, and understanding where they come from. And so it's always great to be able to share these stories, take notes, share notes, and kind of do all those things. And for the purposes of this episode, I really was intrigued by seeing her mission because she's got a brand that's dedicated to Latina mothers and motherhood. And so we're going to talk about a lot of her ideas, where she came up with this idea uh, for the brand called The Milked Brand. Um, her social media posts are very interesting as well, as she shows a lot of... Um, images associated with motherhood, such as um, 
breastfeeding, which is breastfeeding is something that for some people is a controversial thing. You know, there's people who don't like to see breastfeeding in public or who would prefer not to see it in public or they have certain kind of preconceived notions with breastfeeding. And um, so it's, it'll be fascinating to get her take on on some of those things and how she was able to draw inspiration. Uh, she is a mother herself. And um, and so with those things, uh, it's always interesting to see uh, where some where the inspiration comes from. And so she will be joining me momentarily. But before I do that, I think it's important. I actually want to plug something because um, before I, I, I do that, I want to announce that we have merch for the podcast. We have merch at Santos threads.com. So make sure you check out the official, not just any merch, the official Santos says podcast merch. We've got a hoodie there. We have a long sleeve tee there. Um, and we also have a, a dad hat with the Santos says podcast logo. Make sure you guys go out there and support. Uh, you get 15% off your first purchase. If you subscribe and uh, support the merch. We got we got that merch as well as um, I got some spring stuff that I'm working on from the Santos Threads line. So I just want to put that out there. Make sure you check out uh, Santos-Threads.com. You know, as we know, mothers, it, it's not easy being a mother, right? Being a parent's not easy, but being a mother especially is not easy. And so seeing these things, um, you know, hearing these stories and, and getting to know the struggles of 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 different people is really, um, it fascinates me and it's really great to hear the perspective. And without further delay, I have on here joining me, one half owner of the Milk brand. She goes by the name of Valerie, Val, V, whatever one, whatever whatever nickname she wants to use, whatever name she wants to refer to herself as in that moment, she's good with those names. So. We're going to bring her to the show. I'd like to welcome her to the show. Valerie from the Milk Brand, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? I, I didn't know which one to go with. I'm like, I, she, she called yeah, Val V. How are you doing? Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. So um, I was talking about kind of like in my intro, I was talking about how we you know, I was, we're in a way we're kind of similar, but it's different. And I love that you have this vision that this idea that you came up with. So we'll talk about that, but I just, I just want to talk about how, I guess before, without further delay, introduce yourself, talk, <laughs> tell us where you come from and we'll go in and then we'll talk about the other stuff. So just go All right. right so I'm, I'm Valerie. Um, I am part co-founder of the Milk brand, uh, which was formerly known as um, Vandal Mamas, which is funny. <laughs> um, but I was born in Brooklyn. I, ra I was raised for a few years in um, Rhode Island, which is a lot of a fact that a lot of people don't know about me. And then um, when we moved back here to New York, I finished getting raised <laughs> in right. East New York. So most of my life has been in Brooklyn, um, but I always dedicate a little space in my heart for Rhode Island. So, um, yeah, I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican. I have one son who will be four years old in April. Um, and my partner, unfortunately, who's not here, I'll speak on her behalf. Um, but she's Kat. She was um, also born in Brooklyn. We were raised in the same area, East New York. 
And she's also Puerto Rican Dominican. She has a three-year-old who will be four in um, August. And we started this company more because we knew each other um, and we ended up being pregnant at the same time. Um, and we kind of just found, you know, a bond within each other. We always, you know, we grew up together. We went to the same schools and stuff like that. And, you know, it was kind of like a high by associate, you know, relationship. Um, every now and then we will chill together. We'll, you know, do things together. Like we would just come in each other's lives at the right time, you know, th through a breakup or, you know, so it was like, oh, you know, we, we saw each other in the mix and then we started chilling, but then we did chill. Um, when I got pregnant, I started posting about, um, how I was planning to birth, which was uh, at a birthing center. And so she hit me up and she was just like, you're birthing at the Brooklyn Birthing Center? And I'm like, yes, that's my plan. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm, I wanted to do the same thing. I'm actually doing like the registration and everything. So that's kind of like how our bond started with, um, with our brand. Like it started more because of our personal brand. Um, but yeah, so we've made it this far. We've been doing this for now almost four years now. Um, we started this in, I think I want to say it was like 2018, uh, November, 2018. That's when the idea started. And the idea um, still is present in what we do today. Um, it started as just a platform to support moms like us because we knew there was other moms like us, but we never saw them. So, you know, Instagram is a really, really big place, um, a really, really big social place. And what we did see was a lot of women that didn't look like us, um, that sometimes didn't explain the struggle that we went through. A lot of the struggle that moms go through is similar in many, many ways, because, you know, parenthood is parenthood no matter where you put it. But there's specific issues that happen where we come from that don't get a voice and don't have a space to be talked about. So... That's how the idea of Vandal Mamas came on. Um, my screen name for a very, very long time was uh, Be The Vandal, which I changed recently. <laughs> I had that name since like I started my Instagram, which was many, really? many years ago. Me, yeah. So that's where that came, because I, I think I recall that briefly. That is, yes. I recall that name briefly. When my you original name was Be The Vandal, and that name came from... Um, a lot of the stuff that I did as a young person. <laughs> wow. I was really heavily into graffiti. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I personally didn't do graffiti myself. I don't know how to draw that well, um, but the people that I hung around with did. Um, and so it was a lifestyle that I lived out, even though I didn't, you know, really, I wasn't really involved in any of the art making. Um, but it was something I've always, I was always fascinated with. And so um, there'll be times where I did go like bombing with my friends and bombing with, you know, boyfriends or whatever like I was just in the group and was just there and I just really liked the lifestyle and so that kind of that name kind of like stuck with me throughout because it was kind of like the lifestyle that I mostly um, associated myself with so I had that screen name and the idea of um, Vandal Mamas came onto the scene because I I was associating that lifestyle that I had with now being a mom which a lot of people can't put those two things together they can't put you know that past of, you know, yes, I yes. was this or I was that into what they do as moms now. It, it almost feels like you have to change who you are. And to me, it's like, that's not fair because I've always been this person, you know, not necessarily a vandal, of course, but you know, <laughs> I've always been the person that I am, which is like, you know, I appreciate a certain culture and I live my life through a certain culture. And I didn't feel like it was fair to me as a mom now to have to give that up. So vandal mom was really was that. And then, um, we decided to kind of 
stem away from that because we wanted to make it a bigger kind of like a bigger picture and a bigger platform and, and more than just support. Um, that's when Milt came on the scene. It was, you know, a play on words because we were, um, which is very heavy throughout Milt. Play on words is very heavy because I'm very influenced by like rap music and, you know, like James does a lot of like <laughs> play of words. So that's something I'm really big on. Um, but Milt was more an expression of like how we felt as moms. And it was like, we felt milked, like, you know, when you milk a cow or when you milk somebody for money, you know, that's that's the feeling that we felt. And it was just, you know, it kind of like matched the motherhood situation where, you know, we're, we're breastfeeding and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's how uh, the milk born, the, the milk uh, brand was born. And it's, it's, we like to call it like the hood because it's motherhood, but we're also from the hood. And so that's our idea that we are, the hood altogether, <laughs> whatever that may mean. Right. right. Along, you know? And, and so it's interesting. So you basically, you found a way to combine, like you mentioned, it, it's all under the hood, right? So you're talking about motherhood right. from the hood. Right. And like neighborhood. Like the like, perfect marriage of the two. Yes. Like when you take the meaning of hood, we have that on our website too. Like the meaning of hood is a combination of, you know, people that come together that, have a similar idea and have a similar, you know, upbringing or something similar, you know? So that's where the hood idea came from. And it's funny because again, it's a play on words, you know, um, cause people say, Oh, like hood, like, like ghetto. And I'm like, that, that well, has a negative connotation to it, but you explain right, like exactly. That. And that's what, that's a lot of what we do is that, that there's negative connotations to a lot of the things that we say and do. And we try to kind of bring it into more of a humorous light or more of the, present or or you know positive light so that's what we try to do so yeah the hood is like that's what we call like our you know community the hood <laughs> no not for real and no for sure and, and and that's the thing that i i really that resonated with me when it came to you know when i saw a lot of the things you did with your brand um is seeing how there's a there was an, a niche there and we're not just talking as business people right but we're talking about like in a cultural sense what yeah. you are able to do to bring, like we mentioned, the hood being a negative connotation, there's negative stereotypes associated yeah. with that, right? Yeah. So I guess what I I guess what I want to know is what were some of your feelings and what were some of your thoughts when you were, as you mentioned before, going through social media and you kind of noticed, okay, I see, I don't feel like I'm being represented. Like, talk to me about that and how that factored into your decision to with your with your partner to put together the start working on this brand well you know it's funny because looking back instagram has this feature that if you look through um like if you're gonna make a highlight you can kind of like look back at your stories and i went really really far back like when i first had my son and i was posting stuff you know because I, I always post stuff on social media but i was posting stuff about, about like now being a mom and i don't think that at the time i didn't think that anybody was listening to those stories or listening to those comments or listening to those posts that I was putting up because a lot of my friends weren't necessarily sharing that they were moms or sharing, you know, those uh, heavier parts of motherhood. So in my mind, I felt, I felt a little lonely because I'm like, all right, I'm like here, this girl that comes from, you know, this certain culture and this certain um, atmosphere that's now being like so open about being a mom and not just being like, oh, I'm just a mom, but it's like, 
the real shit that comes with being, I'm sorry, can I curse on you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that question so much on, on here, you won't even believe it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so a, a lot of the stuff that I was posting, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting, you know, any feedback off of it because I thought that the people on my platform, my own friends and my own family, my own, you know, circle of people that were watching me, um, I thought they just didn't associate with what I was saying. Um, you know, cut to and come to find out there's a lot of moms that feel like I feel and they don't share and they don't talk because they feel the same way that I feel or felt at that time that I felt like lonely. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about this. I'm going to pretend that it's not happening. I'm going to pretend that I'm a mom and that's kind of like separate from, you know, my social media presence or, you know, my presence just as a person. I don't talk about it. I just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's there and I just don't say anything. Um, but as I started to talk more about it and just be more open about what I was going through and, you know, just even if it was funny stuff, you know, there's a lot of humor in parenthood, too. Um, I started to get comments back and I started to get feedback from other, you know, peers that were parents that were saying, yo, yes, this is exactly what I feel like. This is exactly what I go through. This is exactly what happens. Like, and not even just moms, it was also dads. I mean, kids, you know, guys that I went to high school with that were not, were not fathers and excellent fathers, by the way, because in my mind that in high school, I'm like, he's never going to be a good dad. But I see them now and I'm like, yo, like you're a really good father. And thinking of you in high school, I never would have thought that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, when I was posting these things and I started seeing that feedback, that's when I realized like, I think there's something here that I can kind of try to, you know, bring out. Aside from the fact that I've always just had this innate feeling of um, helping my community. I went, my high school uh, was in Bushwick and it was a, a high school that was geared to community service. So I forever have been a person that somehow just always wants to give back. And it's like the job that I hold now that pays my bills, like it don't give back. <laughs> it's a wait, wait, I got to give a shout out to Bushwick. Yeah, I was so I was kind of like raising Bushwick too because I went to school there. But um, but yeah, so it, it was just all about this feeling, like this innate feeling of me having to give back, um, but also this feeling of like this culture that I loved, right? Because um, I like clothes, I like you know, I like the culture. Like I just was always about it, you know, and and not just like the superficial parts of it, but the more deeper parts of it, you know, like uh, expression expression really knowing what a rapper was talking about or really feeling what a rapper was talking about or an artist even or you know an article a book um i was always just just always trying to be part of this culture and so now that i was a mom it was hard it was hard to get back to this and it was hard to kind of get back to like my root self because i did have this feeling of i need to be um a different person I can't be this person around my son. I can't be this person in public because people are going to look at me like, you're a mom. You shouldn't be, uh, you know, ghetto. <laughs> you have to like, you know, get your act together and, you know, be nice and clean. And, you know, and it was like, yeah, but that's not really who I am. You know, like I do curse and I do listen to rap music. And that's just really like those parts are me of are, are what made me the mom that I am, you know? And a lot of people don't like to say it openly, but I'm a fucking good mom. Like, I'm a good mom. I know that I'm a good mom. I- You should say it. I do, yeah, a lot of people don't say it because they feel, um, people are gonna be like, you're like, you know, out of your ass because you don't need, but it's like, yes, I'm a good mom and I can be a good mom and also be who I am. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's, that's really the core of what this is for me. Like, it's more that I want other people that feel like this to know that there is a home for them and that there is this feeling of community for them. 
So yeah, for me, it was just getting those comments back and getting that feedback from other moms and other parents that I was just like, yo, there's something here. I know there is. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And, and, and it's it's all part, it's almost like you did market research without- Kind of, you know, yeah. You did market <laughs> research. That's what you did. Like I'm, I'm hearing this play kind over of. in my mind. I'm like, she yep. did market research. Yep. And not even on purpose. It was just kind of like, you know, I was just expressing myself at the time. And then it just, it just so happened that other people were like, yo, I feel like that too, you know? Yeah, and then, you know, that partner was, we were doing this simultaneously, like together, you know? Um, so while I was doing this and posting all this and saying all this, she's hitting me on the side, like, bro, yes. Like, she's like, don't you feel like, like, like you don't belong? And I'm like, yeah. So this is, this is where like the partnership came from because we were both going through this at the same time. Right, right, right. And, and that's, that's also part of the bond, right? Like when you mentioned that, this, that, that connectivity, Right. It's like you were able to, to, you know, bond over something so uh, sacred, like motherhood is something that's so sacred. Right. That's a time of your life you're never going to forget. Like there is no. And I was also say this, too, like no two pregnancies are alike. Right. I, I'm a dad. It's different. Right. I have a different vantage point of it. But even when, you know, both times, you know, when my child was going to be born, both children, it's the same thing. Like it, it, it's not the same experience. So I can imagine for you. You remember it, and it has feelings that you know yeah. that you won't forget. So. Yep. yep. And it's like it does change you too. You know, like it's like I don't want to say you become a different person, but you do evolve as a person. You know, like you become a better you after being a mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel the same way as a dad. Yeah, yes. same, same yes. thing. Yes, we always forget about the dads, but yes, I completely agree with that. Um, watching my husband grow. Um, from what we met into what he is now is something that's like, sometimes I just stare at him like, like a creep because I'm like, yo, like, I can't believe that we started out as like these two innocent, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And now like, look at us. Like, I'm like, you're a really, really good father. And it's, it's amazing to see that even his family, you know, sometimes is in awe of him because they're like, we never thought he was going to have kids. Like we didn't think he was going to do all that. And now they see him as a dad and it's just like, wow, like you are a dad, like, a, like a for real, for real dad. Like you're there and you're present and, you know, it changes you. you, you evolve, you become this like whole better you. I, you know, I always say that, and I, I think especially for, not that it that it, it shouldn't change women or, or, you know, when they become moms, like it's almost like the expectation is that it is going to change women yeah. more, more so than change men. Like I think, you know, men in general, like we take a while to grow up. So right. it's like, <laughs> you know, being honest. Right. right? <laughs> So like, oh, is he ever going to grow up? Right. So like, I feel like that was my, you know, even me, like it, it I felt like that was when it really, it got real. Like it was like, right. all right, like, right. he's like, grown now. Yeah. Like once that gotta baby, grow up, like, okay, <laughs> I gotta be a whole man. <laughs> I gotta grown up. Yeah. And I got scared too. Like yeah. it scared me. It made me want to re reevaluate my whole situation. Like I'm yeah. like, a I need more money. Fathers, I gotta go. Right. A lot of fathers don't talk about that. And it's, it's crazy to me, you know, like my man always makes fun of me because he's like, do I have tanto? Like you just, you talk so much. And I'm like, that's what girls do. Like we, we always talking, we're always, you know, we're always having conversation. We're always sharing emotions, sharing feelings. Um, but men don't do that. And sometimes they're going through things and we're judging them without really knowing that they're going through a whole set of emotions, you know, like they see this baby. And yeah, they didn't grow it in their, you know, in their body and they didn't do any of that, but they see this baby and they know it's their baby. And it's like, 
their whole life changes. Yeah, everything changes. Everything changes. You kind of like, you know, and th- that fear, that fear of like, yo, I gotta, I gotta make money, I gotta make it big, I gotta take care of this kid. Like, yeah, and it's, it's real. Okay. It's, it's real. Okay. Yeah. It's real. I remember when it happened to me, not to go too crazy on my situation because I, I want to hear about oh, you. This is good because this is this again, market research. <laughs> right, market research. Right. <laughs> Not for nothing, but for me, I know personally when it happened to me, when, when I, when we, when I had my first, you know, my, when I became a father for the first time, um, you're excited, <laughs> but scared as hell. Right. And then when it happened, I broke down. Yeah. I remember when he was born, my son was born. Yeah. My son is older, oldest. Yep. I have a son and a daughter. He was born and I just, like, I, I broke it's down. Healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna kill me, but I'm like, yes, that's it. Was the first I he, inconsolable. I was like, I, like I was emotional. Yeah, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen this man cry in the last seven years, and that was one of those times. And he, it was like, it was a beautiful thing to watch. It was a beautiful thing to watch because the emotion, like he could something that he didn't grow, he didn't give birth to this. It wasn't him, but he saw it come out. He's just like, like in such awe, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. Being a father, right? So I broke down. And I remember my mom came over from out of town. My mother doesn't live in in, in uh, New York. She came okay. from out of town. And she came, you know, for that occasion. And so she saw me. And I remember I saw her and I ran to her and I just cried in her arms because I remember how it felt. Yeah. It was just the emotions came to me. So. Yeah. For fathers, it's very, it's not the same exact thing, but it's, you know, yeah, it can be emotional. Yep. Yep. I agree a thousand percent. And, um, see, there it goes. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> and <laughs> action. Action. Yep. That's it. Look, uh, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? So we, so you mentioned also, cause obviously your brand has a hip hop element to it as well. Yes. I on my podcast I talk a lot about hip hop stuff too. Yes, so, I talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So who are some of the so we gotta get into this, right? <laughs> we have to talk about this. Who are some of your right? Who are some of your favorite artists growing up? Your favorite um, artists. Well, as far as as far as because I'm into music just generally. Um I'm just inspired by music generally. Um, I was around hip hop a lot because of my brother. My brother was, he just always played rap music. I mean, I'm not talking about like gangster rap, like not even just hip hop. Like he played a lot of like gangster rap and stuff like that. So I grew up listening to whatever he was listening to. Um, and then kind of like developed my own taste for stuff. He listened to a lot of like the locks and, um, it was a lot of DMX played <laughs> in my house. So when DMX passed away, like that was, I never get emotional about like celebrities passing away but when i found out that dmx passed away that it like really like i really like started tearing like emotionally because his music did get us me and my brother through a lot of like dark times so that was a heavy one like dmx for me is very very heavy um a lot of uh you know big we love big we just actually got a puppy we got a puppy um a pocket pitbull and we named him wallace (laughs) because nice Pocket pitbulls are like big but little, so to us it was like you know like Biggie Smalls, and you know my husband was like Wallace, and I'm like oh perfect, so that's how deep like we are invested into like music. Um, wow, you named him Wallace. We named him Wallace, like Christopher Wallace, like yeah. B.I.G. Yes, and um, uh, yeah, so a lot of that. Um, I think my top 
which I could have an argument with this about my man. My top is probably Jay-Z. Jay-Z. It's probably Jay-Z. And I think it's Jay-Z because of his... Um, like top all time, you think Jay Z is the greatest of all time? I mean, for me, I could never okay. say of all time. Like that's something that you know I'm gonna go head to head with a lot of people that know real music. You know, like I listen to what I listen to, but like I'm not invested in music like that. Um, but for me, I think top top notch would be at least top three would be Jay Z. He'll be he'll he'll definitely be up there because I know a lot of his music without knowing that I know a lot of his music. Like his music gets played, and then I realize like, damn, I know a lot of this cat's music. Yeah, yeah. Know? But I think for me, it's the wordplay. His wordplay yeah, is yeah. incredible. Sure. Um, another person that does that recently, um, which is a recent, this is a recent rapper, is Nicki Minaj. And a lot of people underestimate her in that. I game. agree with you. Nicki and Minaj is so underrated as a lyricist. I yeah, agree. like lyrically, she's just, she just be on freaking point. I'm like, yo, this, this lady is a fucking beast. Like, you guys don't give her enough credit. She may be crazy or whatever, but... You know, and if she's and if she's honestly writing her own music too, on top of better that, than Cardi, I'm sorry. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm I love. Don't get me wrong. I love my Cardi because of course, she what she represents, but it's not. She don't write her own lyrically, lyrically and and musically and and you know like actually creatively. Nicki Minaj hands out. She's one of the best female rappers I feel. See, here's the thing I with Nicki Minaj. Dare, I can even dare that she and say, which I might get. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean the ad. But I can even dare and say that she's better than Lil Kim. Mm. It's very mm. different. It's very different because it's two different eras, so it's hard to judge two rappers in two different eras. Wow, so that's a hot take. It's a, it's a big. It's that big. I might that's get a hot take. I'll tell you what. And it's don't get me wrong. I love Lil Kim. I love what Lil Kim represents. I I respect her as an artist because growing up, you know, growing up on her music was. She was fucking little Kim. I mean, like, come on. She was like, I, to me, I feel like she was like the first female rapper <laughs> to me that I knew. That I was like, all of us. She looked like me and she's rapping. Like, that's wild, bro. Like, that's my wow. But hearing Nicki Minaj's stuff and hearing like her wordplay and hearing all that creativity that she puts into her work, yeah, I mean, that's that's second to none to me. You know, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Okay, a couple things. You saying, and I listen, I'ma validate what you said. You saying that Nicki Minaj is a better rapper than Lil' Kim is not crazy at all. Because I, I, I actually second that. <laughs> no, I second that. And I'll tell you why. As far as we know, now we don't know. We can't dig into everybody's past and we don't know the right. reference tracks or whatever. But as right. far as what is said and what has been well established, Lil' Kim is a product of Notorious B.I.G. Right. He wrote for her, showed her how to rap. Right. Her whole style was based on Biggie. Right. With Nicki Minaj, that has never been the case from what we know. Right. So there's credit that has to be given for that. There's definitely credit. That has to be. And, you know, like, again, it's never taking, you know, tech. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lil Kim paved the way. At the end of the day, no matter how she did it, like, she paved the way. And that's, like, something that you you, you have to respect. But you got to say, Nicki Minaj's music is crazy. Like, she really. Yeah. Sometimes she says stuff that I'm just like, how the fuck she thought about that? Like, that is so dope. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, here's yeah. the thing what look here's and and we're gonna look back years from now and it's not even gonna be a long time from now like five ten years from now we're gonna look back at Nicki minaj and be like hey and even in in some instances we're looking at it right now right she she brought back the female mc because yeah. the female mc was gone was dormant she brought the she revived the female 
artists yeah. in hip hop. We had Eve for a little short time, and we had Eve for a little short time, and the little short time that she was around, she was good, but um, she evolved into something else that yeah, yeah that was in, in MC. So for me, like Nicki Minaj is just like she came out, yeah. and I was just like, whoa, who is this girl? You know. Yes. She came with it. Like, she really came with all of that heat. And again, this is saying that she writes all her stuff because we just really never know. <laughs> but if she, she, her claim to fame is that she actually writes her own music. Yeah. Yo, you dope, girl. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I give, I has, you know, Nicki Minaj made it possible for Cardi B and for Doja Cat oh. to, to live. Yo, we, me, to exist. Me and my man had a real situation about Doja Cat <laughs> because. She's starting to sound just like Nicki Minaj. Yeah, oh, totally. So totally. I didn't catch that. I was just kind of like, listen. The to voices. The listen to the voice, the way she does her cadence. Like, so like like I cannot hear it. And so he's like, he's looking at me like, there's been some stuff that's been going on with her too. Like personally, like just like rumors I have. And not even rumors. I mean, there was stuff that, that came up about her. Her talking about right, her right. Talking about her hair, talking about black people, talking about like whatever. So he's looking at me like I'm surprised that you even listen to her. And right. I'm like, it's hard because to me, her music is good. Her music is, you know, it's not Nicki Minaj. It's definitely not that. But it gets me in a mood and it gets me in a vibe and it and, and it does something for me. So I listen to her. But he's like, yo, it's wild to me that like you you separate the artist from the person. When he's like, when in reality, it's like it's one being. And I'm like, it's. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me not to listen to her music because it does something for me, you know. So, it's interesting. Yeah, Donna, is is it? She totally was like, yo, she sounds like thinking. She dead. I sounds like thinking. She's like, yeah. you're not telling me that. And I was like, yo, after he said that, I'm like, I cannot unhear that. She definitely sounds like thinking. Yeah, she does. She does. Yep. Um, you mentioned Jay Z. Yes. So, <laughs> interesting thing about Jay Z. Now, I, a lot of the stuff I feel like people who know me really well say that I'm very much like sacrilegious and I'm very, I'll explain what I mean, but with how I feel about Jay-Z since I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm a Nas person. So like from, I look at, I took Nas, I've been with Nas since the beginning. Like I always said, I thought now it's all subjective. There's no right or wrong answer. Right, right, right. Yeah. I always, I always thought Nas was here Jay-Z was here. That's how I look at it. But a lot of people look at it that way. But a lot it doesn't people. make it right. But what I'm saying is that I always found it interesting how it's rare that you see, it's almost like with Biggie and Tupac, it's very rare that you see somebody that equally likes both. It's usually one or the other. It just depends on personal I like preference. Tupac too. Like probably just as much as I like Biggie. Yeah? All yeah, right. probably just as much as I like Biggie. Um and I just found out recently, I was watching the, the Biggie has like a, they have a, a documentary about Biggie um, on Netflix. And so we were watching they it. got so many. <laughs> it's a new one, which, I mean, it, 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 I don't think it's saying anything new really, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, I guess kind of like a deeper dive into his personal life. But um, my man had mentioned that Tupac actually was from New York. Yes. And I didn't know that. And yes. I was just like, what? Yes. And he was like, yes, he's actually. He grew up in the Bronx for a little while. He actually was born in Harlem Hospital. Yes, he's, so he's from New York. And I was like, it just, it, it, it like blew my mind. Because I was like, you're telling me that they have this whole like East Coast versus West Coast from somebody that was born in New York? I'm like, how does that even make sense? It doesn't even make sense. But it was, I, do like them equally. I do like them equally. I can say that for sure. 
I, no, I appreciate that. I like that. I, I feel, yeah, no, I, I love that too. Definitely. I, I, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing when it comes to this and now we're older, we're able to understand it. You know, at that time, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but like I'm in my thirties, right? 30, just turned 34 actually. Just. All right. So I'm 36. I just turned 36. <laughs> right. Our birthdays are probably not far apart. Right. So at, we didn't get to see them the same way we got to see them in retrospect, right? So what I'm trying to say is that the media really perpetuated a lot of this shit. Oh, that sure. Just like they always, the Nicki Minaj and Cardi B situation, I'm a thousand percent sure, a thousand percent sure that that, that was exacerbated by media. There's no beef. This, by this whole, like, love of beef. Like, I guess as humans, we like beef. Like, we like to see you know, the back and forth and like, oh, she got back at her. Like, you hear what she said about like, there's something about that, that about that element that we like. And, you know, whoever runs media knows this about us. This is a psych psychological thing. They know this about us. So they say that's what's going to sell. That's what's going to make you, you know, hit the top because people are going to be talking about you. Yeah. And then what the, the scary thing is that that led to such a crazy battle between the East versus West to the point where it got violent. Yeah. Like that's fucking wild. And it didn't even have to do with like no real actual beef. It was no. just something that was perpetuated, you know? It's crazy. No, because I, I have a theory, right? This is my theory. And I've, I've said this to some of my friends. I have a theory that Tupac knew in, in his heart. Remember how, how he got shot that first time that he yeah. survived in the quad studios? I have a theory that Tupac knew that Biggie wasn't behind it. He, I have a, a theory that he was letting it ride because it was good for music, record sales. That doesn't sound not that he didn't not that he didn't dislike Biggie anymore. Right. I think he disliked Biggie because of competition, because of ego. I don't think, I think that he. I don't. I really believe in my heart of hearts that he knew that he didn't have anything to do with it. He, it was just good for for business. That's my theory. It's a it's a it's it's a fair theory. I feel it's a fair theory. I mean, but then I feel too like Biggie did a lot of things too to to perpetuate it also because yeah, because if you look at the last free, I mean, he's had he did stuff where he was kind of yeah, like it's a little like so it makes you know on the other hand where Tupac may not be sure whether you did anything or not it had anything to do with it or not the songs you're making the shit you're saying the shit you're doing the tactics you're pulling is like it says otherwise so now mm -hmm. now this beat but these are things that are like you said it's perpetuated by the media because you know as little as the media was at that time because now let's forget about it i mean we got everywhere we got facebook we got all this stuff it's wild definitely wild well the way biggie was moving in his last and i feel bad about this when i see this they got interviews everywhere like the way biggie was moving in his last days was not good like he was on the west coast spitting freestyles that if you listen to you listen to life after death he's dissing him on the whole album that's what my man said. He was like, he said, I think it's a good idea for me to go to California. And he's dissing him on the radio station after he's dead already. What are we doing? He was dead already. <laughs> so it's like, come on, bro. And people take their, you know, pride in where they're from. So people take that shit serious. But I guess you forgot that part. <laughs> it's sad, man. It's sad. And, and yeah. what you said about like, Remember how you mentioned DMX? So DMX's passing was very unfortunate, very sad. I think, I think. very sad, right? And so when somebody like that passes away, I always feel like an artist, it elevates their status. For sure. 
Yep. You know? And I think that's what happened with Biggie as well. That's what happened to Tupac. We don't know what would have happened had they lived. We assume they would have been great, and I think they would have been great. But This is true. This is know. true. And I think they take, like, you know, especially at the moment, because, you know, Biggie was at that moment where it was like he was about to either, you know, make it big or not make it at all. So he was right at that cusp, and they took that moment and kind of just, like, ran with it. And it forever lived. That doesn't happen with a lot of rappers that pass away. I'm looking now and maybe it's just because I'm older and I'm not, you know, listening to the most current music maybe, but I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of like rappers that are passing on Instagram and I have no idea who they are. Well, everybody's a rapper now. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) it's like all sad and stuff like that, but like, it's not gonna be like a Biggie situation or even a Tupac situation. No, where, it's not the same. It's not like the same. Legacy, like this crazy legacy that you're gonna leave behind. So, no. you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's sad, and and I feel like you know, for for me when I look at it, I, I look I I respect like like with Jay Z, like what you mentioned with Jay Z, like Jay Z is one of the greats. Like yeah, yeah. you know, he deserves a lot of props for his you know for his career. That longevity is crazy, but like then you ask the question like. Had Big lived, would that still be the case? Right, would it still be the case? Right, that's that that's, lane opened up. Right, like how long would it be, would it, you know, how big would have that legacy been? Because he could have just wrapped that good, you know, few albums and then just faded out. Like a I mean, lot of Jay was still Jay's still great though. I mean, I think I don't know what he would have been, but Jay still would have ate. You know, Jay would have oh. ate. Oh yeah, for sure. He's no, too no. good to not eat. He has an ear for. And for that's what I'm hits. saying. It's aside from his his raps and like how how he raps like aside from that he's just intelligent like intellectually like he he sees things from so many other different perspectives and it's not just about like music to him it's about like this bigger business plan that he has you know and that's always attractive because it shows in his music too and how he raps and what he says you know you know what's one of my arguments for for Nas right one of my biggest arguments for Nas being like on the top of the top of the top he was competing with Biggie and Tupac when they were alive and he came out pretty good. That album in 96, he went like two or three times platinum. And Biggie and Pac was still alive. He did it. I Rule the World, that song, he was still, they were still alive and he was competing with them. So like my thing is like Nas would have fared pretty well because of his pen. But Jay, I think, would have held his own because Jay was just kind of started to, you know? Right. So it, it would have been interesting. Yeah, he was on the cusp. It is It is an interesting thing to think about if they had not passed. What like what that would look like now, you know? And you oh, know what? Speaking on that, is I feel the same thing with Selena. I'm like, Selena is like a motherfucking legacy. Like, so we talked about the hip hop element. We talked about obviously we're both influenced by hip hop. So I guess what I what I want to know from you, um, just with with the milk brand, what is your direction? What are you planning to do? Like, what is your plans? What are your plans now for you and, and your partner um, going forward for the Milk brand? Um, I really feel like I, I really admire a lot of the stuff that you guys have done. I like that hoodie, which we'll, we'll plug all your stuff, um, the Madre hoodie, all that stuff. Talk to me about where you're planning to take the brand now. I want to your wife. Just let me know <laughs> if she's into hoodies. Yeah. Um, but yep. for us, for us, we... Um, this didn't start as a clothing brand in the back of my mind. I guess it was always like a lingering idea. Um, it moved into this direction because we, um, again, you know, my background, my culture, but you know, 
what I like. Um, this is what I like. So I'm like, I might as well represent what I like in motherhood, you know? Um, so now we're, we're moving into the space of clothing, um, which is a crazy space. Clothing in general, the clothing um, culture, is, it's, it's wildly competitive. Very competitive. Very, very competitive. So standout is difficult. Yes. Yeah, standout <laughs> is a very difficult thing to do as a clothing brand. Um, but for us, it's more about a community. Um, so what we're looking to do in the future is, yes, get more accessories, get more, you know, maybe some hoodies, uh, you know, different designs and um, beanies, socks, you know, all the stuff that we like, that we like to wear regardless. Definitely, definitely looking forward to doing that. But I think that we're going to start trying to expand also into um, doing like pop-up events and doing, um, you know, curated events art shows that are geared to, um, you know, parents, we can expose and, and, and market parents and what they do. Um, there's so many different moms and so many different dads that are doing so many different, um, side hustles that I found, I find like crazy. I'm like, you guys have the time to do this because I know how hard it is for me. Just oh, make, it's hard. Just to make, you can see, you, you see our, our conversation oh, today. Just through this whole episode. <laughs> Listen, it's only been an hour. So imagine the whole, just imagine your life as a parent, right? Trying to yeah. really make something happen. Um, so I see these parents, you know, they're really on top of their shit, really doing things. And I think I find that amazing. And I'm like, I want to expose those parents. I want to, um, I want to start creating events where, or a hub where we can, we can see all of that talent. You know, you make hair products, you, you know, you do eyebrows or I don't know, tax, whatever it is that you do as a, as a parent, like as a parent, a side hustle as a parent, I want to put that on the map. And so in the future, this is something that we've just been talking about for a while. And, you know, it takes time to develop things, but in the future, what we really want to do is um, start curating, curating those type of events where we can have parents and kind of expose all this dope shit that parents do podcast <laughs> you go listen there's plenty of room for the pop more podcasters because you know what there's a lot of look i look at it like this everybody's got a story so why not tell yours right i yes yes absolutely everybody's got a story and you know like i feel like sometimes parents get put on the back burner because they feel like we can't do the job because our first job is to take care of our kids and i'm like because that's our first job we do what we do we do it better <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, this is mothers, yeah. Mothers do an extraordinary job. I mean, I, I lived through it. Fathers too. Know, even as a kid. As Fathers a kid, I see my mom live through, you know, my mother was a single Fathers mother. Too. So Yeah, yeah I, to, see, to see someone like you coming from that situation and coming from a situation where you don't have a father present, where you don't necessarily have a male figure to tell you what to do or how to do it, and that you're doing it this way. I mean, come on, that's that that deserves like a crazy applause, you know? Yeah, no, that, I appreciate that. Now, now, to be clear, my father I was around, but, you know, it was, it, but obviously, right, they weren't together. But yeah, yes, it's, my it's, father, it's, shout out to, to my father, my father. Yeah, I understand. I totally understand. It's just the, the dynamic that we know, that we think we know, because we we assume that we have to have mommy and daddy together. And right, that, that dynamic. Because this world is built that way. This world is built so that we need both parents and we need both parents to work this time around. Oh yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. you can't just, those days are over way over. Like, the, like you know, where, where feminism was like, Oh yeah, we want to be equal. It's like, God, I fucked it up. <laughs> I wasn't trying to work. <laughs> I wasn't trying to work, but no, in seriously speaking, like in these days you need both of the parents to be present and to work. And it's like, how can I have both parents present, but also working? 
Right. It's like, I mean, it's fucking my body. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we understand this dynamic that we have to have both parents there. And to see a woman do it alone, whether your father is around or not, if they're not together in the same household, it makes it very difficult. It makes it very, very difficult. difficult. Very, very difficult. difficult. And, so, and, no, I, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Definitely. And, and, and just having that perspective. Um, the Milk brand, I mean, your website is great. I saw the website. Thank you. Thank um, you. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Um, We'll have all the the links, everything. We'll have the it will be on the audio format and the video format as well on the description. We'll plug all your stuff. So um, tell everybody where they can find your uh, your website and on social media. Yes. Um. So the website is themilkbrand.com. Uh, you guys can go on there. You can shop. We're looking to expand that website too and have uh, more stuff and more interactive stuff on there. Um. And our Instagram, which is the heaviest uh, social media platform that we use, is uh, the Milk Brand the milk brand so definitely follow like share and love us <laughs> there you go um any parting shots before you go a party shots what is a party shot parting part not party oh i'm Parting. like, I'm like sign like, me like, like, like let that, that, that sign me up right <laughs> me up. Yeah, i know um, no i just i want to shout out all the moms and all the dads that really make it happen um and that help me create this because <laughs> it wasn't just me alone. It was the thought of all of you guys that I had in mind. So I love you. Thank you. <laughs> respect, respect. Definitely. Um, listen, Val, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate having you on. Um, make sure you guys check out the milk brand, follow the milk brand on Instagram. We're going to plug all your stuff out. So thank you. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and I'm looking forward to seeing you continue to grow. Yes, and hopefully we see each other again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No problem. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that was Val of the Milk Brand. I tell you, um, very interesting story. And so, you know, a story really of perseverance, uh, being able to utilize your creativity, and um, really great. And I, I look forward to seeing what they have in store, uh, her and her partner, uh, moving forward. So, um as always, so I want to thank my guests. Uh, thank you guys, everybody. Make sure to follow me uh, on social media at uh, Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, as well as TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. Uh, visit Santos hyphen threads. And as always, don't. that was episode number 33. As always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say with your chest. <laughs>